Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Welcome to the Pants Party. My name is Jerry Sherwin, and I am a blogger for Blackheart Gold Pants. Joining me on the other end, he only refers to Iowa State as the team out west that tries their best. It's managing editor Max Brecky. Max, what's going on? Hey, hey, how's it going? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Victory Tuesday. We didn't really get to go on on Monday. I had a little bit of an issue with the weather. So better late than never, though, to kind of close the storybook on hate week. Yeah, I'm glad it's over personally, because I mean, I know that you're also a fellow what Illinoisian. Is that what we're called? Sure. I'm not even sure. Illinoisian. I think but, all of uh, us just kind of say we're Chicagoans at heart. Yeah, I mean, even if you're from what, like Rock Island, you're still from Chicago. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. But uh, as a fellow Illinoisian, Chicago, and whatever we might be called, uh, I don't care about Iowa State. I want to win the game because it's annoying to hear about from the people I do know that went to Iowa State. But all in all, just glad it's done. So was this the best Iowa State hate week that you have been a part of? Because I've been kind of going through it since I, I went to school there. I, I actually went to St. Ambrose and Davenport my first year, and I transferred to Iowa as a sophomore. So since 2008, I think maybe that first year was just as fun as this because it was the first time partaking in those festivities. But this right, this game this weekend, just based on pure adrenaline, me pacing around my living room, and the actual game itself might be one of the best hate weeks that I've been a part of. I think it helps that I've, I was with Blackheart Gold Pants this week. Um, for all the stuff that we put on the site, but is this up there as one of the better Iowa State Iowa matchups for you? Uh, so fun story about that. Uh, that honestly is that I somehow always find a way to be busy on the day of the Iowa Iowa State game. So my freshman year, I, st- I started in 2011. I had some. I was doing nursing at the time. Had some nursing thing I had to go to. Caught the very end of that game. That was the 44-41 to 41 loss in triple overtime. That one wasn't great. I went to the 9-6 to six one, unfortunately enough. <laughs> and then I went to music festivals the next couple of years. And they just that music festival, Riot Fest in Chicago, just happens to always be on Iowa State weekend. And then yesterday, or not yesterday, I guess Saturday now, I was at a wedding for the fourth quarter. Oh, you missed all of that. Yeah, so I mean, I went back, I watched it, like I was panicked, I was panicked looking at my phone, keeping up with the score the entire time, so like I was kind of a part of it, but I didn't actually watch the fourth quarter, or overtime. So you're at this wedding, I'm guessing the only thing that you're nursing anymore is actual beverages, so that's probably what you were doing during that entire time. Did you think it was over just watching on Twitter? So I left for the wedding after Iowa State scored 21 answered points. I just that that at that point I was just like, well, I have to leave anyway. The wedding, I'll be I'll be a little early. There's no point in me staying and watching this anymore. I thought it was over at that point because Iowa could not stop Iowa State. The Iowa offense wasn't going anywhere. 
It, it, it wasn't. I, I did the uh, the recap, the quick recap after the game, and I think I changed my ending four different times total during that fourth quarter. Um, like I put in the thing, I write it in real time so you can get to kind of see my emotions go like a roller coaster. And I, I honestly, like you said, when they scored 21 straight, it was over. Yeah, the, no. Iowa teams don't come back from that. Your recap was electric. Just the wave of emotions I felt reading it. Just up and down and up and down. It was, yeah, I was sitting there. I was on Twitter. I was in the Slack. I was in our group message just being like, somebody tell me what happened while I was driving because people are just saying, ugh, and God damn it and whatever it might be. And I was like, somebody please, like, use a sentence. Just, like, you know, keep me in a little bit because all I'm seeing is yes. And I didn't know what was going on. And that sentence that they should have or could have used was Akram Wadley put the team on his back. He surely did. That was a hell of a run at the end of the game to tie that thing up. I I don't know if I've seen a more exciting 46-yard catch and scamper than that one. And maybe it's because we shouldn't have probably won that Iowa State game. I know that our boy Alan Lazard went on uh, with a couple reporters and said that they lost the game, that Iowa didn't win it. But it sure as hell looked like Akram Wadley did everything he could to win that game. He was untouchable. People couldn't get him down. He should be on the and one mixtape tour, honestly. Even if he can't dribble, like just the way he shifts his body is good enough to be on that tour. I, If I were a defender, I would get dizzy watching him run around because he just, the way his hips move, you got to watch his hips, but just watching his head, like I, I would get so distracted and I'd probably just fall right over. Yeah, I don't know if I've – I was going back and looking at some Sean Green highlights, and th- the way that Akram kind of just like bowled his way in to get that touchdown reminded me of some of those. I think – was it was it against Wisconsin that he ran through like six different defenders and scored? I, I think that's what that's ringing the bell. But th- there's a lot of just like – the way Iowa uses running backs and the way Akram Wadley is just so different from what I saw when I was at school and – kind of even compared to the last couple of years where you even go back to Kanziri and stuff like that. Like Akram is just, he's, he's electric. That's, I mean, that's really all I can keep saying because it's just so much fun to watch him do what he does best. Even when he's dancing in the backfield and it's kind of frustrating and everybody's kind of looking for James Butler, especially in the red zone, you have to keep feeding Akram the ball just because you don't know what he's capable of doing until he gets the ball. Yeah. Akram is, since I started regularly going to Iowa games in 2011, Akram is definitely the only running back of his type that I've seen. I was, I've seen Wiseman. I saw Coker for a couple of years. But I've never seen anybody run the ball like him. The closest thing would have to be Kanziri. Yeah. And other than that, it's not even close. I mean, maybe what? Uh, Damon Bullock? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that, would, that would be the other closest comp. But that's because there are no good comps. There, there might be another comp now because we had our first Wager bomb in years. Oh yeah, him jumping over the uh, <laughs> wow words, uh, him jumping over the line that was outstanding. It's it's easily understood why he earned a spot on that Paul Hornig awards. You know the weekly honor that they gave out. Hmm. Yeah, he he had two hundred and sixty all-purpose yards in this game. Like that's incredible. And we're gonna play a game later called Punter Go for It, and I'm gonna bring up Akram again. Because that 260 all-purpose yards and the fact that he's averaging 203 all-purpose yards per game, 
I just don't think that Iowa fans thought that that was going to be possible because that 203 a game is second in the Big Ten and fourth nationally. Like, did you think Akron was going to be that good to start? I didn't think they were. I thought, I know he's that good. We all know that he's that good, but it's always just a matter of how were they going to use him this year because, you know, we were, they were like, oh, he's going to be the feature back this year. They're going to use, uh, like, Tox or whatever as the, you know, change of pace. And then they brought Butler in. And when they brought Butler in, nobody was really sure how they were going to use Wadley. And it turns out they're using Wadley as still a hell of a lot. And, you know, they're picking and choosing when they use Butler. But I just didn't think that he was going to get that chance to do that. Yeah, that's a great point. Because you, you would have assumed that Kirk kind of wants to spread the wealth, especially with a guy like James Butler coming in, because you would think that's why they actually did bring him in. What else from Iowa State impressed you? Uh, obviously, Nate Stanley is definitely up there, but kind of want to touch on him in a little bit. Was there anything else outside of Akram and Nate that you kind of want to touch on? Just I wanted to know what happened to our defense, because, I mean, I get that it's a different kind of scheme than what they usually do, and they usually struggle a bit against spread uh, schemes that want to hurry it up but that was there was a lot of really poor tackling in that one and it was just not very Iowa like especially from what we've come to expect from this group go figure too because last week I, I applauded them for their form tackling especially the secondary those guys were making tackles when it counted and I don't does this say does this show you that Wyoming's receiving core and specialists were that bad or are Iowa State's players that good because uh, there's a major difference. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think that Montgomery, he ran like a tr- man. He just it was just true man ball, him running through everybody. But there was a couple of them where it was like, you've got three or four guys kind of stacked up trying to get him. And he was just running through everybody. And I don't think that he's that good. I think I do think he's good. But I don't think that he's so good that, you know, there was that one goal line rush where he ran through like two or three people. At the same time or whatever. Including the outlaw, which was disappointing. Right. And so I just, and I heard that he might be a little hurt. So, I mean, maybe that has something to play or maybe that plays into it a bit, but. Are you breaking some just, news here? Oh, you didn't hear that? It was, I, I think I saw it on Twitter. He's, I don't think that he's like significantly hurt. I just think he's a little bit banged up. So hurt or injured? Yeah, it's a little bit of hurt or injured. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I'll. If you want to go on and I'll look well, to see if I can touch on it. Montgomery. I tweeted this out as well during the game, but he reminded me a lot of David Johnson in that UNI game when David Johnson had his coming out party and the way he kind of just diced up the Iowa defense. There was, there was some hints there and he was definitely the one person I was most impressed with. The Alan Lazard thing is interesting to me because I'm kind of with JP and I see on this one. I feel like he pushed off a lot and he whined a lot. Yes, he got his first two touchdowns against Iowa in this game, but there was just something about watching him that I didn't really enjoy. I think his his stuff after the game kind of put me on edge, and those two things combined make me very worried that the Chicago Bears are eventually going to draft him in the second round, and I'm going to somehow have to talk myself into him. Yeah, that 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 wouldn't be fun, but I he he is a good runner. I'll give him that. Yeah, I just found the jewel thing. So apparently it was said on the uh, IO radio. So I'm assuming it was Gary Dolphin or whoever that said it. Chad Listicow brought it up at like two fifteen ish. I think he tweeted it. Yeah, two two ten. He tweeted it during the game that his uh, left ankle's hurt. So. I mean, take that for what it is, I guess. Well, that makes me a little worried because Iowa, honestly, is getting to be a little too injured for my liking. Um, in this contest, they end up losing I- Ike Bodiger as well um, with an Achilles. It looks like he's going to be out for a couple months here, um, and they're going to have to keep continuously shuffling that offensive line that has looked average at best 
I think. I actually think that they looked a little bit better once he went out. From the, from the little bit that I saw after he went out, they looked, I mean, they blocked a little bit better. There was just, their eye, the eye would offense had nowhere that it was going at any point during that kind of time period in the game. Agreed. Where are you with James Butler in the red zone? I kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but do you think he should be the one that should be coming in, especially on the goal line situations, instead of having Akram take those those kind of hits or those type of handoffs? I just think that they need to figure out how to spell Akram a little bit more because they're using him an awful lot and at times during the Iowa State game, he looked tired. And, you know, Butler's fresh on the bench. There were some situations where I was like, oh, well, maybe they should just spell him a little bit more. But he kept coming back, and Akram kept coming back, and, you know, he kept doing his thing. He ran for that long touchdown at the end to tie it up. But I think that they need to get him involved a little bit more. I don't remember how many carries he had uh against Iowa State but it didn't seem like a lot from what I had watched I agree yeah it doesn't it didn't seem like it was enough um I I don't remember where I saw it it might have been our slack group for all I know but somebody mentioned that when Akram does the kick return and then gets a handoff right away it's different there's something just different about him he's exhausted and it looks like Iowa is trying to do that I know you said they need to spell him a little bit better it looks like Akram's being taken off of kick returns I think that news just broke a little bit ago um which I think helps I, I am a little worried that those all-purpose yards are going to go down, but I'd much rather Akram be ready to go and have the juice kind of when we're handing off to him when we need him most as opposed to the kick returns because there's there's guys in this Iowa staff, especially ISM or even Vandenberg, that could definitely you know go back there and do that. I think Vandenberg is also being taken off punts. I saw that it's Kelly Martin that's going to be doing kick returns now. He had a couple for 40 yards against Iowa State, and uh, I think that Josh Jackson Josh Jackson is going to be returning punts. I think I saw that Vandenberg is a little bit beat up as well. A lot of nagging hurt injuries going on here, Max. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so surprised with the Vandenberg one, though. Yeah, I'm not either. It's probably a good thing that North Texas is coming up on the schedule, honestly. Yeah, hopefully that gives Iowa a chance to kind of spell everybody and take everybody out in like the third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah. Somebody that should be able to have a day against North Texas. Somebody that is honestly surprising all of us is Nate Stanley. And what did you see from Nate? I have some things that I want to read after this, but I'm kind of curious on what you saw. Did you think that he had as good of a game as he actually did when you saw the stat line? I I think a lot of his stats came after I stopped watching. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, like he, he, he made some good passes while I was watching, but you know, I feel like a lot of those, uh, came afterwards but his deep ball it needs some work he overthrew a few wide open players for easy touchdowns and luckily i was able to score on that drive or on the next drive so it didn't come back to haunt them too bad i mean they won the dang game but i thought that he was doing fine i didn't think that his i didn't look at his stats until afterwards but i didn't think that he was uh, he had thrown that many uh yeah. passes 27 for 41 for 333 yards and five touchdowns. And he missed four. He missed easily four touchdowns, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah so at least two of those touchdowns came in the uh, came in the fourth quarter when I was no longer watching. So that's, that explains why I missed a couple of them. Yeah, and that, one of them definitely had a lot to do with Akron Wadley, too, just kind of chugging along, like we said earlier, in that 46-yarder. But Nate Stanley, obviously, with that stat line, he was good enough to earn co-defensive player of the week for the Big Ten. And some more things here that I, I found from Mark Morehouse, actually, today that I thought was worth worthwhile reading. This makes him the first Iowa quarterback with 300-plus passing yards and five-plus touchdown passes 
in a game since Chuck Hartlieb versus Northwestern in 1987. <laughs> that's that's that was a bit ago. I wasn't even born. Yeah, I wasn't either. So that's it's been a while since I always had a quarterback do something like that, especially against a rival as well. I think that makes it even more sweeter. Yeah, I mean, it's a good story. And uh, I've got another stat. Did you have another one? Or, yeah, uh, I have a couple more. Which one's yours? I was just going to say, uh, I somebody mentioned how many. I think that this was uh, early in the game. He, they were like, oh, he's throwing to five or six different receivers or whatever. And I looked it up and... S- uh, 13 Iowa players caught a catch last year. And in this one game, nine Iowa players caught, uh, caught, a, ca- uh, caught a ball. Yeah. So he's already using all of his weapons that are that are at his disposal. So, I mean, that's a lot better than last year. I mean, when there were no weapons to speak of. Right. And, and check out these clutch numbers. Again, these are from Mark Morehouse's piece the other day. He's 8 of 10 for 78 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks. Four thrown first downs, three passes of 15-plus yards, and a 310.52 passer rating in the red zone this year so far. That's that's good. <laughs> it's really good. Surely he's, it isn't bad. He's 21 of 35 for 304 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, and a 170.68 passer rating with 14 thrown first downs, seven 15-plus yard plays, and three plays of 25 yards or more in the second half in overtime. That's what you want your quarterback to do, folks, and what, what Iowa has himself one. What a bum. <laughs> I just am shocked because I, watching those two games, like I just maybe my whole focus was on Akram, and I was too focused on Brian Ferentz going back and forth between daddy's playbook and his playbook. But my God, Nate Stanley had himself a game. I need to just go back and watch him, I think. And watch the record. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I said this to uh, Boilerhawk. He tweeted about how nobody was talking about how Ferentz perfectly used his timeouts at the end of that game. And I was like, well, nobody ever notices when you're doing your job well. And I feel like that's kind of the situation with Stanley is like during the game. I don't think anybody really realized how impressive of a game he was having until they looked up at the stat line later and were like, wow, he threw five touchdowns and no picks. Yeah, it's his eight total are second in the or third in the nation right now. Nate, Iowa's quarterback has the third most touchdowns nationally. When, has that ever been a stat before? It's fake news. <laughs> I'm I'm stunned. For whoever was a little worried about Brian Ferentz's passing offense compared to uh, goddamn Greg Davis, I think we have something to build off of. That's for certain. I'm excited. I as well. It's going to get good, I think. We can only hope. And hopefully this week against North Texas, those guys start clicking a little bit more, too. That should be the case, I think. Um, Max, anything else on Iowa State? I mean, obviously, uh, Amir Martin Reset or Amir Smith Marset. I'm going to get a name right one of these times. I know it's been three weeks in a row, and I've messed up a name every time. I'm going to get these guys right. But he was probably. Hold up, hold up. Say it with me. It's Epinesa. Epinesa. Thank you. Everybody, like I said, I'm a Chicagoan. We add extra S's and N's on things. I think half the city still calls Mitch Trubisky Trubinsky, so it's not my fault. It's how I was raised. But yes, Amir Smith-Marset had himself a game. Obviously, he was in on that uh, two fantastic touchdown grabs, one to seal the game, one to put us back in contention with a diving catch that looked like it was over his head and nobody was going to catch it at all. He's solidified. That was a fantastic catch. I, it, these these weapons that Iowa has, looking back, it's just it's weird to see 
especially going from, like you mentioned earlier, just stocky fullbacks as our running backs to now we actually have weapons on the outside that are fast and speedy and we can actually get the ball to. Yeah, I think Smith Smarset's going to be one of these, uh, one of the special players that Iowa ends up having. That's for sure. I agree. Anything else on Iowa State? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. It is a Hawkeye State. So sure let's. Is. Let's move over to our first time using this segment. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's called Punt or Go For It. And the game is kind of simple. I'm I'm going to give out a hot take. Max is going to give out a hot take. And from there, we're either going to punt it or we're going to go for it. And Max, what's your first one? All right. My first one is despite the strong start, Iowa is still going to finish the season 6-6. Six and six. Oh. <laughs> I told I'm- you I one hot take. That's the hot take. All right, I'm definitely punting this, and this goes hand in hand with my one of my punter go for it. So I'll just lay it out there for you. Kirk Ferentz will not only tie, but he'll break Hayden Fry's all-time wins record this season. He needs seven more wins to do so. So you're saying he's going to at least win nine. That's what I'm saying. I believe. I'll, I'll go for it. It's I'm just looking at this. I don't think the Iowa defense can play any worse than what they did against Iowa State. Yeah, no, I don't think that they could either. Uh, I hope. But uh, I was just thinking more along the lines of the competition that they're going to have to face. They got Penn State, and it's going to be under the lights. That should be a fun one. And Ohio State, their pass defense is atrocious, so maybe Iowa could pick that apart. But uh, other than that, I mean, there's there's some hard games in there. There's going to be some difficult ones. Yeah, for sure. Iowa always plays Wisconsin tough. I'm not at all worried about Minnesota at this point. I haven't liked what I've seen, um, especially from their passing game. I think Iowa can load the box and kind of stop that running game, something that Oregon State was not able to do the other night in the second half. But yeah, I think I think Kirk's going to take out Hayden Fry, and I think they're going to be still around nine, nine wins, which is I projected in the beginning of the season. Max, give me your second one. All right, the second one is... Uh... That Nate Stanley is going to, his career arc is going to mirror that of James Vandenberg. Oh, <laughs> oh my, I feel like we're doing optimist versus pessimist right now. We, we might be. <laughs> but uh, you, you said to punt or go for it. And this is in the honor of the first segment, I went all out with the hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm punting that one as well. That I still don't blame James for for all that. I actually no, him and I no. funny story we're in ping pong class together and he was my doubles partner so I have a very a soft spot in my heart for old James Vandenberg but Greg Davis ruined him. The way he played against Ohio State compared to that next year was brutal. He, he Nate Sandley he could get ruined. I'm punting I'm punting so I'm punting from my your 30 yard line. That's how much I'm punting. <laughs> I just wanted to uh I just wanted to throw something hot in there. Let's go back to a positive punter go for it. With right. Wadley averaging those 203 all-purpose yards per game, my hottest take is Akram Wadley will finish in the top 8 for Heisman votes. Uh I'm punting. Punting. Yeah, I'm punting. Uh I think that through as the season goes on, they're going to use Butler more and more. He's uh, Wadley's not going to be doing kick returns anymore. They're already starting to limit him a little bit. I think that they're going to end up trying to save him a little bit, especially for that end run at the end of the season. That's fine. I will settle on the fact that game day starts using more of his highlights at the opening package because I'm getting really tired of all these runs that he's just juking dudes left and right, and I have to go see your typical SEC. Like Nobody wants to see Jalen Hurts throwing a football anymore. Can I get a little love for Akram game day? 
At least give me that. It would be nice. Maybe some Nate Stanley love. Yeah, maybe. Uh, If he'd hit one of those long bombs, he probably could have been in it. Do you have one more for me? Yeah, uh, Iowa will only beat North Texas by two scores. So I was going to ask you this because I think the line's around 21 and a half, 22 points. (sighs) Didn't they beat them 61 to something like two or three years ago when they played? Yeah, I think it was like 100 to zero. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to punt it, but I'm nervous about punting that. I don't think they're going to cover the 21 and a half, honestly. See, with me, I think that they're just in for a letdown game. I don't think they're going to lose it, but after the emotional roller coaster that was the Iowa State game, I just think that they're in for a little bit of an emotional letdown. I think this is the letdown game. Looking forward to Penn State, I know that Kirk usually only takes it one week at a time. You know, cliche, cliche, cliche. I just feel like this is kind of your stereotypical letdown. Maybe from the offense, especially after what they had to do this past week, but I think the defense gets back on track with this one. So I'm gonna I'm going to hesitantly punt it, but I, I'm I'm also a little nervous about it. I'm I might punt it as well. I just I think that it is a possibility that it would that this could be the letdown game. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's only Tuesday here, folks, and when we're recording, so we have time to kind of change this as we move closer to game day. My last punter go for it is that Tristan Wirfs will be the full time starter at right tackle by the end of the season. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. And it's not for any good reason. I think that if the Iowa offensive line sustains one more injury, he's the next man up. So Maybe not even at, what did you say, right tackle? Right tackle, yeah. Yeah, maybe not even there, but I do think that he will be starting by the end of the year, and I think it's going to be because somebody got hurt again. Yeah, it looks like Alaric Jackson has the left tackle slotted up. It's weird saying Boone Myers, he's not able to play, but he's backing up both the left tackle and left guard positions right now. I didn't um, see him on the left guard. I did see him on left tackle. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, he's, he's backing up two positions right now, but he's not going to have to play for any of them. James Daniels, as long as he stays healthy, I'm okay with the line I, you know, progressing more and more. But it just seems like if anything happens you know, to maybe even King and Keegan Render, Sean Welsh might have to move a little bit, and they're going to put Tristan Wirfs in. I think he's that next man in, especially if Boone Myers is going to take this whole season and kind of just be – you know, half hurt, half injured. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run a uh, rush up to the line and try to do a hard count, and then if the defense doesn't fall for it, then I'm gonna punt it. Yeah, gonna give a little quarterback pooch kick. Yeah, like it. All right, that's that segment. If you guys have any sort of punt or go for it questions, you can send it to at b h g p, or you can send it at uh, Max. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Gospel of Max. Come on. Gospel Max. Yeah, well, I forgot. One of the greatest Twitter handles of all time. And I'm at Jerry Sherwin as well. We'll try to get some more of these in next week, too. So let's transition over to the North Texas preview. Max, what do you know about North Texas? Uh, That the University of North Texas is in Denton, Texas. Hey! Uh, And I know that because that's where one of my buddies from college is from. And all of his friends go there. So that's how I know. Well, that eliminates one of the questions I had to ask for you because I knew nothing about North Texas before this podcast, but I like to come prepared. So I did a little research and I got some questions for you to see how well you know Iowa's next opponent. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to at least hope for a passing grade. What is North Texas's nickname? The Mean Green. There we go. One for one. What former Iowa coach was head coach at North Texas? Uh, That would be... uh... Ah, uh, no, uh, it's not McCarney, was it? 
It's not. It's Hayden Fry. Wait, what? Yep, Hayden Fry was the head coach of North Texas, and he had 40 total wins, and then I think he got him in some sort of NCAA financial trouble, and they had to basically drop out of um, the FBS down to the FCS. All right, I was also correct. Dan McCartney. North Texas head coach from 2011-2015. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the one that we stomped, right? <laughs> yeah, to you, I was about to say, wasn't that the big narrative when uh, Iowa played them a couple of years ago? It was. I forgot about that. It, I forgot that, that we stomped that him. probably so got him fired pretty much. It, pretty much. I think you're right. How much North Tech, How much do you think North Texas is getting paid to play Iowa this weekend? Oh, uh, ooh. Ooh, uh, 250000 $900,000 to come in Iowa City and be a cupcake. Yeah, I wasn't I wouldn't have been surprised if it was higher than what I said. I was expect I was expecting it to be a lot higher. What conference does North Texas play in now? Uh their conference USA. I I figured that one out earlier. I was looking it up. I was like, "What conference are they even in? I know they're FBS." I had I had no idea. I literally I had to google it. Yeah, I, also I saw didn't know I Googled it earlier, so. Got that one. Who's the best player to ever come out of North Texas? The best player to ever come out of North Texas? I That one, I have no idea. Is that is this a objective question? It sounds kind of. Nope, it's legit. It's it's the only, only answer. There's only one uh, answer, not like the Hayden Fry question. Hit me with it. Mean Joe Green. Yeah. That, is that where they got their uh, nickname? So that's what I wanted to bring this up because I think this is so ridiculous. I Googled everywhere and anything that I could find was that North Texas, they didn't, they're not saying that they named themselves after Mean Joe Green, but they're also saying that some people used to yell like that's the Mean Green after they made tackles and stuff. I don't understand when this is, you have literally a Hall of Famer with the nickname Mean Joe Green and you're not just going to accept the fact that that's why you changed your name because they used to be like the Eagles. Yeah, that's I was gonna say their logo's a bird, isn't it? Yeah, and their mascot's name is Scrappy the Eagle. So they didn't change any of that. They just decided to be the the mean green, but won't like just already claim that their best player they named themselves after. Which is ridiculous to me. I mean, if you got a story, at least embrace it. Right, exactly. Alright, and the last question that I have for you is who is their biggest rival? Uh I mean, probably with Based off the product on the field, I'm going to go with the University of Texas. It is not, but you're close. It's SMU. Okay. And, and they play in something called the Safeway Bowl. I guess there was a coach a long time ago that said that they'd play him at a Safeway, which is a grocery store, I guess, in Texas. Uh, yeah, and, Safeway. Yeah, sure. And North Texas's all-time record against SMU is 5-30-1. and one. So they're they're very competitive in this matchup. Sounds like Iowa, Iowa State. Anything else about North Texas that you have that you want to bring to the table for this podcast and our audience that knows probably just as much as we do now about North Texas? Um, no, all I, all I know about them is that they're from Denton. <laughs> Any projection or prediction for what Iowa will do? I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but do you have a, a score prediction? Uh, I'm... I'm going to say that they end up winning like 24 to 10. Ooh, Maybe low scoring. 31 to 10. I don't think that they're going to put a stomping on them like they did last time. I don't. I just think that you know they're going to get a comfortable lead and they're going to run the ball, which could very well lead to about like a 52 to 7 score. But 
I think that it would be a relatively low-scoring game. Yeah, I I don't have any other thoughts on that. I th- I think Iowa, like I said earlier, I'm a little nervous about the 21 and a half cover, but I wouldn't be shocked if they they blow this off the door and it's it's 50 to 10, or if it comes down to 27 to 10. I, I just there's some they're going to be somewhere in there. They're going to give up probably a field goal and a touchdown late, maybe, and from there, you know, Iowa should be in full control. Yeah, I'm definitely not worried about the game. I think that they'll most definitely win. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, that kind of, as I've said it about a million times now, that letdown game, you know, where you get off an emotionally taxing game, you're looking ahead to a top five team under the lights in your home stadium. I can see how they're overlooking North Texas a little bit, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Well, from there, we're going to close this thing out. I want to remind everybody to go over to blackheartgoldpants.com and check out what we have on the site. We have the matchup to watch coming this week. We have what you drink in, what you watch in. I will have my mailbag on Thursday again, so make sure you get your questions into me via Twitter or in the comments section from last week's. We will have gambling. We will have a preview. We'll have a pick and post. Um, a lot of exciting things going on over there. I also want to remind you all that if you can go to iTunes and leave a review and a rating for us, it'll help us out tremendously to get this thing out there to more and more of our beloved Iowa Hawkeye fans. Um, for Max Brecky, I am Jerry Sherwin, and go Hawks! Go Hawks!